0: right let's spend some time in prayer together. Lord it's amazing to hear about what you're doing around the world and thank you for the generosity of this church to be able to plant all those churches around the world to see how Uh, We've impacted the globe through the power of your Spirit, Lord. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for Travis's leadership. Pray you continue to bless him as he leads us to plant more and more churches. Lord, we are so grateful for your strength and your might and your power. We know that the evil one wants to rip the church apart, wants to rip our families apart, but we stand on the Word of God. We stand in the Spirit. We know that you're far more powerful than the evil one. And so, This morning, Lord, when we open your word. We pray that you hear directly from you. Lord, you meet us exactly where we're at. If we're in a time of confusion or angst, that you would meet us right there. If we're in a time of joy and and gladness, that you meet us right there. If it's somewhere in between, Lord, that we would feel your presence here this morning. Lord, your word is powerful. Your word is mighty. Your word never fails. And so I pray, God, as we look at this morning, as we look at who you are this morning, may we be moved May we be inspired. May we be changed. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our purpose is going to come up on the screen. If you say this purpose with me, it's to reach and transform people by the power of the gospel and biblical community. And it's great to see that with all the announcements that are happening, all the life of the church and how God is moving in and through that. And I'm so excited this morning because this morning I get to talk about Jesus. And as I'm preparing this message, I'm thinking, well, I get two weeks on the redemption of Jesus, and, and how am I going to do all of that to talk about Jesus? But then I started thinking, well, every week I get to talk about Jesus. But this week, specifically, we get to see who Jesus is. Anybody here on Instagram? Anybody here on Instagram? Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that like 10 people are raising their hands, Uh, but I know there are a lot of you on Instagram. You ever see the Instagram bios? If you're not familiar with Instagram, you get to have a short little bio, and it's really interesting some of the things that people put up there, like uh, my friend Kermit the Frog, Uh, he has an interesting bio. Uh, Banjo playing amphibians, sings, dance, makes people happy, shares dreams with friends, makes them kind of like family. You you like Kermit the Frog Instagram. I didn't know he had the thumbs to be able to do that, but I guess he can. All right, the next Instagram uh, thing we have here is from Old Spice. Old Spice says muscles, smells, lasers, coupons. Yeah, I like that. And then uh, I like this one. This is a uh, Totino's pizza roll. Oh, hi, I'm Pete. I'm an actual pizza roll, living that pizza life. All right, so it's interesting what people put on their Instagram page. Can you imagine what Jesus's Instagram bio would be like? Imagine what he would have to put on there. Imagine what that would be like. As I was studying, uh, again, who Jesus is, it was really difficult to narrow it down to a a two-hour message that I'm going to give you this morning. (laughs) It was difficult to narrow it down because there's so many things that Jesus is to us. And we're going to get to look at that this morning. We've been in a series called The One Story, the one story of the Bible. And we took three weeks and looked at creation, and we looked at uh, why creation is so important as the foundation. And we looked at why we believe in creation and why it matters that we believe in creation. And then we took two weeks and looked at sin, and that was a real fun, right? We looked at our sin, look at the, the fall and, and how sin has wrecked, everything and how we've experienced that in our lives and how it changes uh, so much. And now we're taking two weeks to look at the redemption, that we were not stuck in our sin and our fallenness, but we have hope. We have hope in Jesus. And we're going to spend the next two weeks doing that. And then the final two weeks, we're going to look at consummation. And we're going to look at Jesus' return and what that's like with the new heavens and the new earth. It's really going to be great. So this morning we're looking at who is Jesus, and the point is that Jesus is, is fully God and, and fully man. And we've been challenging you to ask questions to people this week. And, and if you have a story, of a way that you've asked a question this week, whether it be any of the questions we have, or maybe the question this week that we're challenging you to ask people who Jesus is, Send me an email. It's just Andy at goodnewsloves.com. Andy at goodnewsloves.com. I love to hear your stories. I love to hear how God is using some of the questioning that you're having for the sake of his glory. And so that's the action step. The action step is to ask somebody who Jesus is. And if they ask you who Jesus is, they ask you back that you'll have an answer that Jesus is fully God and he's fully man. And that's been the goal of this series is for you to be able to know the one story of the Bible, to be able to share that confidently, and then also to have gospel conversations with people through these questions that we've asked you to ask uh, different people uh, throughout the week. As we see in Scripture, we see all throughout Scripture that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Because of that, uh, he has the power to, to change our lives. He also has uh, the power to relate to our lives because he was not only fully God, he was also fully human. And so he can relate. To us. It's so cool throughout all of the Old Testament, all these different prophecies about Jesus, hundreds of prophecies that have come true. And some of them I have listed here that he would come from the line of Abraham, that he was a descendant of David, that he was born of a virgin, that he was born in Bethlehem, that he was bringing the new covenant, that he was bearing our sins in our place, and that he would be resurrected. It's so vital that we understand the redemption that we can only be found in Jesus. And so our main scripture this morning is from Matthew where we get to see about the birth of Jesus. This is in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Mama Nelson wanted to see the birth of Jesus, so here you go. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from all their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Do you ever struggle uh, with the idea of the virgin birth? Well, you're, you're, not, you're not alone. Uh, Joseph really struggled with this too. I mean, can you imagine the conversation that he's having with Mary? Mary is pregnant with a child and she came up with a really good story, right? That she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph's thinking, oh man, this, this is not good at all. See, they were engaged to be married, but we've really struggled with the translation of that term engaged because it was really more than that. When we think of engaged now, there might be a ring involved, but it's something you can get out of fairly easily. At that time, when someone was engaged to be married, that was really a legal step towards marriage, and the ceremony was still to come, but he was really saying that, Uh, that she was his wife. And so he's thinking, how am I going to work around this? I really care about Mary, but this is not good. I mean, no one has ever conceived through the Holy Spirit. There's obviously something amiss here, but I'm sure Joseph loved Mary. He wanted to help her he wanted to do everything that he could he wanted to uh, make sure that she didn't face public shame public disgrace or even worse and so she tried to do it uh quiet, quietly but then something miraculous happens but after he considered this an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream and said joseph son of david do not be afraid to take mary home as your wife Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son. I mean, this was a huge moment in history, right? As Joseph is being told supernaturally that it's okay. It's going to be all right. And he's then told what to name the baby. I mean, when someone gives birth to a baby, what's the questions that we ask? I mean, yeah, is it a boy or a girl, right? Is it healthy? And what is the baby's name? Well, Joseph didn't have to worry about that. The angel told him exactly what to name the child. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, I hear so many struggles of people struggling with names, what to name their child. Joseph didn't have to question that. He knew exactly what to name his child, and his name was Jesus, which means Yahweh is salvation or Yahweh saves. His name was directly related to what he came to do. And here in this scripture, we see how Jesus is the infinite God man, that he came into this world as a baby, spent nine months in the womb as God, he came as a human. But he's also divine. You can see the supernatural uh, in this, even in his birth. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you realize how kind and how awesome and how amazing that is for God to do that? He could have been a faraway God. He could have been God that was distant. He could have been a God that we can't relate with. He could have been God that was far, far away. But no, he sent Jesus to be with us, to be with you, to be with me. That means when you're going through the things that you're going through in your life, Jesus is not far away. He's right there with you. That's how he came into this world as Emmanuel, to be God with us. Isn't that amazing news? That he was fully God and fully man, so he could relate to us, so that he could be our Savior, so that he could be with us. What an amazing thing that is. And so maybe you struggle a little bit with the virgin birth, but I'm so glad that it happened that way. And if you can believe the first verse in the Bible, that's why we talked about creation in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. If you can believe that first verse, then you can believe in the virgin birth, right? If you believe that God created all things, then a virgin birth would be nothing for him. And it's an amazing story of rescue. This whole Bible, this one story is about God rescuing his people, about God redeeming his people. And don't we love rescue stories? I love right here in our church, there was an amazing rescue story with Holly and Stephen Cipral. You might have saw this on the news this week that Stephen and Holly heard about a family that were in the Bahamas in desperate need like so many others were in need, and Stephen is a pilot, and he figured out a way to connect with this family, to fly to the Bahamas, to pick up this family, to bring them here, to work through all the customs process, to get them into the country, to get them enrolled in school here, to give them a fresh start. I mean, what an amazing thing that Holly and Stephen did. What an amazing rescue story for this pastor and his family to get back up on their feet. And we love a good rescue story. And this is a rescue story. In fact, all through Scripture, we see Jesus as the second person of the Trinity in every single book of the Bible. And I don't have time to go through all 66, but I want to share with you a few of them. In Genesis, we see that, that, that God is the bread of life. That In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and, and broken lives. Isn't that good news for us today? In Job, he's the timeless redeemer. In Isaiah, he's, he's the prince of peace. And he still is that for us today. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. In Daniel, he's the stranger that's in, that's in the fire. In Obadiah, he's the Lord, our Savior. And Nahum, he's, he's, our, he's our strength and, and shield. In Malachi, he's our son of righteousness and then in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that he's God and man and Messiah. And then in Romans, he's the grace of God. In Galatians, he's the freedom from the curse of sin. Isn't that amazing? That we're no longer on the cur- under the curse because of what Jesus has done. In Thessalonians, he's our coming king. and In Peter, he's the shepherd. And in Revelation, he's the king of kings and the Lord of of lords, every single book of the Bible is pointed towards Jesus. Forty authors writing over three continents, over over two thousand years. Sixty six books of the Bible, one story of a redeeming Jesus, the one who came as the infinite God man, fully God, and fully man. And so, what does that mean for us? It means that Jesus, in all the ways that he came, is. Is how we can relate to him, is how we can worship him through all the ways that he came, if we trust in him. One of those ways is Jesus being our Savior and our Lord. I love what it says here in Romans. It says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. A woman came to Tim Keller's church, the former pastor of Redeemer Church, and she asked him, she said, if I follow Jesus, do I, have to, do I have to break up with my lesbian lover? And Tim Keller, in his wisdom, just looked at her and said, you're, you're asking the wrong question. The question that you really have to ask yourself is, who is Jesus? Because when you recognize that Jesus is Lord, when you recognize that Jesus is Savior, that he's going to change and move everything in your life. He's going he's to move in amazing ways, ways that you couldn't even imagine. So instead of asking specific questions about things you can and can't do, let Jesus move in. I love when I came to faith in Christ, my roommate who led me to faith in Christ, Woody Gross, when I accepted Christ, he didn't immediately say, hey, Andy, You need to stop listening to that rap music that's full of swears. You need to stop dropping the F-bomb all the time. You need to stop partying. You need to stop doing those things. He never said any of those things. Instead, he just pointed me to Jesus. And guess what happened when I hung out with Jesus? Things changed. Things changed a little bit. And that's what we need to do is let Jesus be Savior and Lord of our life because he is fully God and he is fully man. He's also the model for our life and ministry. As we've been going through this 50 days of studying the life of Jesus chronologically, we get to see because he was fully God but fully man that we can have him be the model of our life. Now, we're not going to be perfect. Jesus was. But the thing that we can do is we can model our life and ministry after him. That there are things that we can pick up that he did that are amazingly wise and so that we can make disciples that make disciples. I love in John one it says that he is the word of God. I love that that we get to look at the Word of God on our own and together as a congregation every week. It says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the living Word that dwelt among us. I love that He can understand and that He can help us. I mean... Do you ever think there's a situation that you're going through life and you're thinking, man, I don't know if God has a handle on this. I don't know if he can understand this. I don't know if he can relate to this. Well, because he is fully God and fully man, he can relate to us. He can sympathize with us. Listen to this Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, we have a great high priest who's gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because he's not a God that's just far away. Because he's a God that came and actually took on flesh. He's able to sympathize with us in our weakness. He's able to understand all the ways that we've been tempted. He's able to understand what it means to be tempted by sin, to go through struggles, to go through pain. He gets that. He understands that. He gets you. He understands you. He loves you. He's fully God and he's fully man. I love the I am statements that Jesus says in John. When Jesus says, I am something, we probably should listen to what he says, right? I mean, he's fully God and fully man. He, he says, I am these different statements. First, he says, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 6, it says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I mean, when Mary was giving birth to this Jesus She had some glimmer of what this was going to be like, but she would have no idea that she was giving birth to someone that was going to be all of these things. And the bread of life, that he's the one that sustains us. He's the one that gives us exactly what we need. And when we come to him, we'll never thirst and never be hungry. I love that Charles Spurgeon says, I have some, I've heard of some good old woman in a cottage who had nothing but a piece of bread and a little water. Lifting up her hands, she said as a blessing, What? All this and Christ too? Wow. Do, do you have that attitude? I know there's so often I don't have that attitude. I'm surrounded by so many material things and so many other things that I get distracted sometimes about the goodness of just having the bread of life in Jesus. Do you realize what this is saying? This is saying that if everything is stripped away, if you have Jesus, you still have everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Everything minus Jesus equals nothing. And in World Golf Village, we need to hear that, don't we? Because we have so many things we have so many things if god stripped those all away what would you have well dear people if you have jesus you'll have everything you'll have everything because he is the true bread then he says i'm i am the light i'm the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness But I have the light of life. And throughout scripture, we see that he uses light to point people to him. In the very beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. He led the people of Israel through a pillar of blazing fire. After Moses beheld the glory of the Lord, his face was so bright that he had to wear a veil. Scripture says that God dwells in unapproachable light light but somehow some way he uses that light into darkness in our lives to draw us away from sin so that we could have hope so that we could have peace jesus then says i'm the door of the sheep he says truly truly i say to you i am the door of the sheep i think it's glorious good news that we embrace jesus as our joy and treasure will enter through him into God's people that he gives us a way to have hope and truth and joy and eternal life and I know some people think well only one way that doesn't seem right dear people we're, we're dead in our sins we don't deserve any way he he created a perfect creation and we marred it by our sin he could have left us in that you realize that that would have been the fair thing to do He already created the perfect creation when we messed it up. And through his goodness, through his grace, through his mercy, he provides a way for, for us to be saved through him. He then goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Man, I desperately need a good shepherd. I need someone guiding me in my life. Without that, I'm completely lost. And I'm so thankful that he's a good shepherd. Because he could just be a shepherd. He could be a bad shepherd. He could be a cruel shepherd. And that would still be fair and just. But he decided to be a good shepherd. To bless us with things. To give us blessings. To help us through life. To give us food that tastes good. I mean, he doesn't through, by being a shepherd, he doesn't have to provide anything, but he gives us food that actually is tasty. It could be just bland. You imagine how, how, how awful that would be to go through life and just have bland food, but he gives us tasty food just as one example of how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. Psalm 84 11 says, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Then he says, I'm the resurrection and the life, and this is absolutely staggering. This is where we see God as Jesus as fully God and fully man, how he gives us hope through his resurrection. John 11 says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. He has mastery over death. He took all of our sin on that cross after he lived a perfect life and he rose from the dead so that we could have hope, so that we could have joy, so that we could have eternal life. Scripture says death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? That's why as believers in Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can walk through life even in the midst of our suffering with our heads held high because we know our victories in Christ. And even though there might be some battles here on earth that are really tough, some things that we're having a hard time going through, we know we have ultimate victory. We're on the winning team because of what Jesus has done. Jesus then says, I am the vine. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I've never lived in an HOA community until the last year. And our HOA, they're very strict. And so I'm getting letters all the time about different things. And uh, one of them is about trimming my hedges because they grow up all the time, all the time. And I'm chasing around three kids and trying to pastor all you people and, and trying to uh, keep, our, keep our marriage solid and trying to do all these things. Last thing I'm thinking about is hedges, okay? <laughs> but I get the letter in the mail. Okay, Turnberry, HOA, I'm going to do it. And I trimmed those hedges. And it was so fun yesterday. Luke was helping me do it. And he was using a power tool. and I love it. Holding on there, I was thinking, man, I better not slip. If he loses a finger, my wife's gonna kill me. (laughs) And he's cutting them off. And you know what happens to those hedges? Immediately after they're cut off? they, They they start they start withering. Those branches that get cut off, they start withering right away. It's the craziest thing because they're cut off from their source of life. And that's what happens when we Don't invest in our relationship with Jesus, that we don't spend time with Him, that we're cut off from the source of life and we can't continue to grow. We need to be connected to the true life source. And that brings us to the final I am statement I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What an amazing hope that there is a way, that there is a way for us to overcome our sin. There is a way for us to be victorious, but it's only in Christ. And I know some people get caught up in the exclusivity of being only in Christ, but I want you to think about it from a different way, that he's provided a way for you to come out of your sin. Aren't you so thankful he provided a way? He didn't have to do that. So my question for you this morning is the the age-old question. Jesus said that he's all of these things. We see in the first scripture that we read that he is fully God and fully man and that he spoke to Joseph and there's something very special about Jesus. And so for you, what are you going to do with all these statements? Because you can't just say Jesus was a historical figure and a good teacher. That option is not there for you because you see all the ways that Jesus proclaims about himself, what, what has been said about him and what, has been, what he said about himself. So you really only have three choices. Either he's a liar, either he's trying to just get people to follow him, it's not really true, he's just trying to say all these statements to get a bunch of followers uh, to follow him. He's a lunatic, he's insane, that he, he actually thinks these things are true, but, but they're not, or he is Lord. Those are the only choices that you really have. That is he lying, is he insane, or is he actually the Lord and Savior? Is all these things that he's saying about him true? Are all these things that have been talked about in this word word true? I mean, does it line up with the world that we live in? I mean, creation was perfect. Sin came into the world and ruined it. And we need hope and redemption. Does it fit into the world? I, I believe that it does. I believe that these stories that are shared are stories of hope, and they're true. I believe the things that Jesus says about himself are true. And so I want to give you a chance this morning. I want to give you a chance to make a decision, to, to say that he's a liar or a lunatic. I really am praying that you don't do that. But, but get off the fence. Don't just say he's a good teacher, because the things that he taught, they, they can't be good if they're not true. And I hope that you realize that they are true. I'm praying that you realize that they are true because in our sin, we have no hope. But in Jesus, we have hope, we have life, we have resurrection, and we have power, and we have victory. And so I want to give you a chance right now to proclaim him as Lord. And I'm going to pray for you uh, right now that you would accept him as Lord of your life. And so would everyone bow their heads and close their eyes and let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge to you that I've sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I want you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. Come into my life and be my Lord. Help me become the person that you want me to be. Before we say amen there's anyone here that has done that for the first time and you just want to confess that to the Lord and confess that to me without anyone else knowing would you just raise your hand right now if this this is something that you would like to do for the first time awesome awesome I see your hand over there okay everyone can open their eyes thank you we praise God for, I saw one person at least raise their hand. We praise God for you, that you would do that. And we're going to continue to pray for you. And maybe there's others that have decided to made that, make that choice. And maybe you don't feel like raising your hand. But we want you to know that if you did that, then you are saved. And so I challenge the rest of you that if you're believers in Christ, that you would ask someone this week, who is Jesus? Just Ask them, who, who, who is Jesus? And see what kind of response you get. And be prepared to share the one story of the Bible that that you know. And be able to share that that the point this morning is that Jesus is fully God and was fully man. And I'm so thankful that he is. I mean, he could just be fully God and never come to to relate with us. Never come for our sins and that we would be stuck in our sins forever. He could just be fully man and have no divine power to be able to move in our lives in any way. But he is both. He's fully God and he's fully man. And for that, we should rejoice. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that you are fully God and you're fully man. I'm so thankful that you came and you saw us in our sin, that you didn't leave us in our sin, that you came to redeem us. I'm so thankful for who you are. We could talk for hours and hours and days and days about who you are and what you've done. So I thank you that you've given us your word, so we know how good that you are, that you've worked in our lives, that we can see you moving even in the darkest of times, that even if we're in suffering, we know that in this life or the next, that you are going to redeem us fully. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.